Welcome to Sense and Nonsense A to Z, where we pick topics based off of the letter of the day. Today is episode 19 of season one, featuring the letter S. We're family and we're your hosts, A, T, and Z. So let's get started. Let's begin with salve. Salve? Yeah. Nice. Latin. Ooh. Do they even teach Latin at schools anymore? No, you have to, like, you know, specifically do that when you get older. That's a shame. It is a shame because it's not a dead language. Definitely not. I, I don't understand why they, they say it's a dead language. Just because people don't speak it as a native tongue anymore doesn't mean it's a dead language. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, I got something for you about schools later on. So we'll get to that. But um, yeah, I'm a little surprised, I know. you know, because there's so many different things in life that refer to Latin. All the Money. scientific, well, all the scientific stuff, yeah. all the genuses and species and everything yeah. is in Latin. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, and there's so many texts that are in Latin. Yeah. So anyway, anything going on with you, Z? Well, we watched the Queen's Jubilee celebration. Oh, nice. That was pretty cool. Queen played. They they uh, opened the show. Did they? Yeah, it was good. It was, it was good. The whole thing was pretty good. And they finished up with Diana Ross. And there were a lot wow. of Americans. Alicia Keys was in there. I was like, what nice. Do do a lot of Americans. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So that was fun. I had fun watching that. What's up with you? I've been watching some um, sports. Mm -hmm. And of course, my New York Rangers beat the Hurricanes in seven games. They took the Metropolitan Division. So mm -hmm. now they're playing the Tampa Bay Lightnings for the conference championship. Right now, they're ahead two games to one with game four in Tampa tomorrow night. So whoever wins goes to the Stanley Cup. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Are you watching any basketball? We got the finals going on right now. I used to watch um, baseball in October. I like hockey in person. I don't like watching hockey on TV. You know, football, I get very emotionally involved. Okay. Racing, I just don't have time to watch anymore. Yeah, that's you know, long, it's not that I don't long. like these things necessarily, but right. it's just that, you know, other things have demand on my time. And oh, yeah, they're just, yeah. They're just I don't I don't sit down and watch NBA right now. I mean, it's the Golden State Warriors against the Boston Celtics and they're tied one game apiece. So it's exciting because they're pretty even. Well, you know? I do like Steph Curry. So I do, too. I mean, he's doing well, by the way. Have you ever watched Holy Moly? No. What's oh, holy? my God. What's a holy moly? It is. Uh, I say it all the time. <laughs> Stephen Curry created this show about extreme mini golf called a holy moly. Oh, and okay. Joe Tessitore and Rob Riggle commentate it. Mm -hmm. And it's hilarious. Is it, it is. Yeah, uh, it's dynamite. It's hilarious. It's in season four right now. Look it up. Holy moly. It's it's hilarious. When my dad's here, that's all we do is watch sports. And I sit there and I watch it with him and stuff. And yeah, yeah, that's my priority. I sports. Know. Also, we should update because we talked about it. Okay. Johnny Depp did win the defamation trial. I know I heard. Yeah. And there's still even though it's over. There's lots and lots still of controversy going on. Some people say it was, you know, even though it was a win, it was still a loss because they aired so much dirty laundry. And some people are making it out to be like setting back the Me Too movement or somehow. That's ridiculous. So now they're traumatized because of this and that and the other thing. And I think the point has been missed. It's not setting back believing in women when you're abused. But it does say that you can't just say anything you want and get away with it. Yeah. And that's the problem. I think nowadays that's what's been going on freedom of speech to this strange level of yeah. slander, shouting fire in a theater. Yeah, yes. Saying whatever you want about yeah. anybody accusing them of a heinous thing and then yep. them being irreparably damaged by it. Yep. I don't know everything that happened in that marriage. Nobody ever will. Oh, nobody. Yeah. But there's three sides to every story. Absolutely. And the evidence provided sold a story that did not add up on her side. Mm. I would have believed her if I found her to be credible. Yeah. I have prepared 10 questions S edition. Okay. All right. First question. 
Do you like surprises? Yes. You do? Yes. I hate them. I know. I hate them. Please, please tell me what you're this planning. Is, <laughs> this is what this is indicative of what you talked about last time. Risk taker versus not risk taker. And I True. think the surprise kind of goes right in there. Uh, hand in hand. I yeah. Think yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Last time you played Scrabble. It's been some months, but I did. I play uh, dominoes with my neighbor mm -hmm. and we decided to mix it up. And we played Scrabble and we decided oh. that's not a good idea because you have to concentrate too much when you're playing Scrabble. <laughs> you can't, you can't chit chat. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you got to drink wine too in the meantime. No, no, oh, no. It's not mm -hmm. a drinking thing too. No, okay. it's not. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's been a while for me. I yeah. Mean, it's been years. Yeah. I don't even know anybody who has a Scrabble board for that matter. You do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she raised her hand for anybody who, uh, <laughs> Is it I watching? do. I do. I feel like Monica. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Mm -hmm. Which season do you prefer? Fall. Me too. Mm -hmm. Because it cools off. Yes. We rarely have rain in the mm -hmm. fall. It's yeah, it's perfect. It's long yeah. sleeve jeans, boots, weather. That's like, like my favorite. My alley too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Next one is fill in the blank. Super blank man. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew I knew it. I knew it. Mine is bowl. Super bowl. Super okay. Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Yeah. Uh -huh. it, could, it could have been anything. Yeah, but Superman. Super duper. Super okay. pooper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would have came up with that. One, no. <laughs> okay, next one. Do you prefer savory or sweet? Ooh, interesting. I know you like both. I do. I like both. And I like them together too. Like salt and chocolate. Yeah. Um, I guess I would go savory overall. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd yeah. lean on the sweet side. Yeah. Yeah. I can have sweets all day. I know. I can't. I can't. I shouldn't, but I can't. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. I have to be specific with mine. Yeah. yeah. Cause I can get overloaded on that fast. Mm -hmm. Right. All right. Do you have anything special? that you do on Saturday or Sunday that you don't do any other day? I eat more. <laughs> I eat like a full breakfast. Oh, which so there is you go. Something that I don't normally do during the week. Yeah. Normally it's, it's just a smoothie. Ah. There's another S for you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a breakfast thing for you. Yes. I like, I like breakfast and that's really the only time I can have it. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. What about you? It's pretty much gardening. Uh-huh for some reason I do it on the weekends. I don't know why, because, um, you know, it's not like I can't do it during the week, but it yeah. just, it, I just catch up with stuff. Okay. Next question. Skid row or spin doctors? Skid row. <gasps> Mine spin doctors. Really? Yeah. yeah. Sebastian Bach all the way. <laughs> Another S. Yeah. We're just, we're just oozing with S's. Absolutely. Here. <laughs> Okay. What's in a perfect salad? I like a weird combination. Iceberg mm -hmm. and spinach. Cause I want the crunch. I love the spinach. That's my favorite. And spinach. Definitely. If I have some kind of like walnut or a pecan in there, I mm -hmm. like that too. I like a, like a balsamic vinaigrette. I'll take tomatoes. Yeah. I'll, I have cherries, to have tomato in mine. Little cherry tomatoes. I like cucumber too, but no seeds. I like maybe some shredded, mine. maybe some shredded carrots, but shredded, not I like chunky. That too. I like that too. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I like eggs sometimes in it too. I, I like a really, a good spinach salad. That's yeah. What I, like. I, 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 I do too. I've, I had this one spinach salad with strawberries and. Oh um, yeah. I haven't had that in a long time. Yeah. That's yep. so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also make a watermelon salad with spinach in it. That's really crazy good it's got olives mm. in it it shouldn't be good but it's got olives and watermelon and feta cheese and spinach and it's really good that's almost a sweet and savory kind of yes. thing. yes yeah. yeah we're keeping in the theme here yeah, yeah we kind of are <laughs> okay we're up to question number nine by the way no oh. how often do you second guess yourself too many times all, yeah, all the time i do too why yeah. do we do that i don't know you know, I make know. a decision and stick with it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know. Okay. So last question, I think it's going to have a little discussion to it. Okay. If someone offered you a hundred thousand dollars, would you shave your head? I don't think so. You don't think so for a hundred grand? 
No. How about 200 grand? Maybe for 200 grand. <laughs> There's a price to it. <laughs> Maybe for 200 grand. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have yeah. to really think about it. Mm. Yeah, there's I don't a price. think there's a, there, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. eventually, yeah, but but I'm I don't think that that would be a good idea for me. <laughs> it wouldn't be a good look. No, <laughs> yeah. no, I would definitely. I'm not. I, no, no, <laughs> yeah. I am not like a. I'm not a Demi Moore. I'm not pulling that yeah. off. Yeah, I don't think I could pull it off either. Mm -mm, no, no matter how much makeup and eye makeup yeah, no. you do. Yeah, no, I, mm -mm. and earrings. Yeah, no. do the earrings too. Yeah, you know. By the way, I wanted to make a mention of something. I was watching a movie um, a couple of weeks ago and I had the closed captioning on. Yeah. As I usually do. I think you do too. When All you the watch time. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, the knock dun, 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 haircut. I never knew that. Really? Yeah. It's called shaving haircut. knock. Yeah. yeah. I never, ever knew that. And, and it went by so fast. I'm like, <gasps> what? What? Did I just read that right? I'm saying to myself, you know, it was a movie that I was watching on cable. It wasn't like uh, that I can back, you know, backtrack yeah, it. And yeah. See. So I'm like, I Did wrote it Google down. It? And after the movie was over, yeah, I went online and I'm like, damn, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I never Shave knew the haircut. No. Nope. Wow. Is that crazy? Yeah. Hey, you learn things. You do. So anyway. All right. So that was it. I liked it. I'm starting to ask some tough questions. Yeah, I know. No more fluff questions. No. You know, a couple, couple fluff, couple Maybe. foodies. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, the food ones are surprisingly difficult. Is that something? Yeah. There are so many movies that start with the letter S. This is one of my absolute favorites. It's Spaceballs. Yeah. Another cult classic, folks. Yes. Yes. 1987. Wow. Wowzy, huh? Yeah. I've seen this a ton of times. How about you? So many times. I actually have yeah. two versions of this on Blu-ray. I have the regular one and then I have the 25th anniversary edition. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's funny. I love this movie. Yeah, I do too. It's a comedy, of course. Yeah. And I love Mel Brooks. I He's know. one of my favorite people. <laughs> It's a parody of Star Wars with some added elements like um, Wizard of Oz yeah. and a little alien and a little planet of the apes all mm -hmm. rolled into one funny movie. And, and Star Trek, too. And Star oh, Trek. yeah. And Star Trek. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Space Odyssey. Yeah. You know, there's a whole bunch of things. Mel Brooks is. is absolute genius. And it's those little things that are just so funny. Yeah, that he does. And it's one of those things that you watch the movie again. And it's like, hey, I didn't notice that the last time. Uh huh. And of course, when you're watching it on Blu-ray or you're watching it on a computer or whatever, you can stop. Yeah. And check stuff out. Yeah. Whereas when you're in the movies or when you see it on cable or something, you just can't stop. And it's like, hey, look at that. You know, well, that sort of thing. He said, like, he knows that everybody's not going to get all the references. Right. You know, right. even like the who's on first joke, they might not get it. And especially like a lot of kids watch and they're not getting all these references. No, they just like no. it because it's a, it's a good adventure movie. Exactly. And know? it's funny because I was just thinking about a joke. It's the one with the twins. Oh, the double mint. The Doublemint commercial. Yeah. yeah. It was big in yeah. the 80s that it was a Doublemint commercial and it was all twins. Exactly. And he, and he says to him, go chew your gum. <laughs> so yeah. funny. I just wanted to make mention of who was in it first. Okay. Bill Pullman was Lone Star. Mm -hmm. And Lone Star was kind of like a Luke Skywalker, Han Solo combination kind of mm -hmm. guy. Yeah. Cool yeah. dude. And he had a cowboy hat on. So he was a space cowboy. He did. <laughs> he did. And he drove a Winnebago yes, throughout the galaxy. And his bumper sticker said, I heart Uranus. <laughs> yeah. His sidekick was John Candy. His character was Barf. Mm -hmm. He was a mog. Half man, half dog. I'm my own best friend. Yeah. So his he had the tail. He had, had the, the tail. tail. <laughs> How about when he hit the, the waitress with the tail? <laughs> Has a, a mind skirt. of its own. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was a parody of Chewbacca. Mm -hmm. Daphne Zuniga was Princess Vespa, who was a spoiled rotten princess from the planet Druidia. Mm -hmm. Funny, she doesn't look Jewish. <laughs> yeah. 
So she was a parody of Princess Leia. Yeah, she had those uh, bun earphones, headphones. Oh, the braids. The Just braids. like Princess Leia, I yeah. know. <laughs> so fun. And she had a droid of honor who was also her guardian. It was Dot Matrix, and that was the parody of C-3PO. Yeah. And the voice was Joan Rivers, which yeah. was perfect. Exactly. Perfect. When she was talking to her in the uh, Mercedes and she's like, are you listening? <laughs> she takes off the headphones, which is the braids. <laughs> yeah. It's hysterical. Rick Moranis was Dark Helmet, a parody of Darth Vader. Yeah. Great job he did. Yeah, he did. He was like a little childish too at yeah. times. You yeah. Know? That so whole funny. scene with the dolls. Oh, God. That was his idea. Was it really? Yeah. Mel said he didn't script that. That was his idea to do that. Oh, that's, that's too funny. I know. I just seen a little clip from Daphne. Mm -hmm. Somebody had asked her about Spaceballs 2, and this is going back years and years and years ago. It's an old clip. And they said, is it true that they're trying to do Spaceballs 2? And the only holdout is Rick Moranis. And she kind of said, you know what I know kind of mm -hmm. deal. So I guess there was a thought at one time, but hey, the originals are always the best anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I don't think Mel ever intended to make another one. No, because no, he's talking about like when they say, um, you know, God willing, we'll all meet up again in Spaceballs to the search right. for more money. Right. He doesn't usually make sequels. So I think no. that was kind no. of an erroneous rumor. Yeah. Yeah. And talk about Mel Brooks. He had two parts. Yeah, he was President Scroob, yeah. who was the incompetent leader of Planet Spaceball. And do you know how they got the name Scroob? Brooks. Oh, you backwards. do? Yeah. It's well, almost it's not, Brooks. It's almost backwards, yeah. right? It's yeah. an anagram. Yeah. Right? And the other part that he had was Yogurt, the wise and powerful keeper of the Schwartz. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That was a parody of Yoda and the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because Mel sent George Lucas the script because I mean, they're, they're so heavily spoofing, oh, you know, Star Wars time. the, the most. Yeah. And um, he's like, if you see anything that's over the line or whatever, you know, let me know. And he's and George says to him, no, I trust your judgment. It's good. Yeah. Just yeah. don't make any action figures. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, ILM, which is a Lucasfilm company, actually did the post-production for this movie. So, oh, I mean, George Lucas that? was on board. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. And Dick Van Patten was King Roland, who was the ruler of planet Druidia and Princess Vespa's father. Mm -hmm. He did a great job. Yes, he did. I love when he's describing the Mercedes. <laughs> and he said, I paid cash. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a white Mercedes. I got it at a good deal. I, I paid cash. <laughs> I got it from my cousin. Yeah, my cousin. Yeah. So funny. Yeah, he's got a I love when he's like saying, like, I'll pay anything to get my daughter back and try and get the car. <laughs> yeah. And and if you can, can you save the car? Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. So the plot of the movie is pretty much that Planet Spaceball is running out of fresh air. And this all takes place in the galaxy. Mm -hmm. But Planet Druidia has thousands of years of fresh air. They even can it, and it's called Perry Air. <laughs> And I love the close-up of that yeah, can made in Druidia. <laughs> love that. So Planet Spaceball's president screw came up with a plan to have Dark Helmet and their spaceship, Spaceball One, kidnap Princess Vespa and force her father, King Roland of Druidia, to give up the combination of his shield so that they can suck all the fresh air out of that planet and put it in their planet. And the ship turns into a big maid with a giant vacuum. Mega maid. Yeah. And she looks like the Statue of Liberty. Liberty. <laughs> it's a transformer. <laughs> so good. So funny. Oh, God. Anyway, she gets captured and her father calls up Lone Star to save her. And he'll save her for a million space bucks because that's how much he owes Pizza the Hut. Yes. Who's a gangster boss. Yes. It's, you know, the movie's just so funny. It's out loud funny. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It is. It is. And it's the little yeah. things that you have to pay attention to that just make you giggle. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I saw this movie, I saw it in the movies. Okay. And the beginning of the movie is the shot of the spaceship and 
the length of the <laughs> and it goes on for like a minute and a half right Mel calls and- it the porn shot <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and it's kind of like to uh the theme of jaws you know yeah <laughs> and i remember watching this and i'm and i'm watching it and it all goes on for ages for a long time yeah and, and then all of a sudden like somebody over there giggles and somebody <laughs> over there starts giggling and, and then by the time a minute goes by everybody's just giggling for the yeah. next whatever it was too funny mm-hmm so a couple of different scenes that I really like. Michael Winslow, he was the radar technician. Mm-hmm. And he was really famous in the 80s for his stand-up and his sound effects. He was, yeah. he was awesome. He was in the Police Academy movies. He, he was in all the Police Academy yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when, when the radar gets jammed, mm-hmm. because Lone Star threw a jar jam at the radar, yeah, which says jam on it. <laughs> yeah. And he says, I've lost the bleeps, I've lost the sweeps, and I've lost the creeps. <laughs> and then he does the sound effects. And, yeah. You know, the bleeps. <laughs> the sweeps. <laughs> and the creeps. <laughs> that, that's not all he lost. <laughs> the, the movie is so visual. It's such it a really visual is. thing. It that really Like is. half of the jokes are. I know. Yeah. Like when the president comes and he's like, don't ever talk to me with that helmets down. How do I know you're not making faces at me under that thing? And he pulls the helmet up and he's sticking his tongue out at him. <laughs> you know, he is making faces yeah, at exactly. him. Exactly. So funny. You know, and just like little things like when Lone Star is fighting Dark Helmet and they each have the ring mm-hmm. and they hold their rings and the lightsaber opens from the ring and he's right. like, I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. It's so filthy, but it's so funny. You know? <laughs> well, that's during the time that he says also, before you die, there's something you should know about us, Lone Star. I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin, <laughs> former roommate. <laughs> so what does that make us? Absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> Too funny. There's Too so funny. many good parts, like when they go yeah. to yogurt and he's like, what do you, you know, part. it's this huge statue of yogurt. Well, like it, the Wizard they, of Oz. They approach just like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. When the four approach the wizard. Yeah. 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 And um, after he comes out and they're like, what do you do here? And he's like, merchandising. Merchandising. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the real money from the movie is made. <laughs> exactly. And the wall opens up and there's the t-shirts and everything. Yeah, the all store, the yeah. there. It's like Spaceballs, the t-shirt. Spaceballs, the lunchbox. Spaceballs, the flamethrower. The kids really love this one. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, it's the doll. Yeah. <laughs> and the doll is, is him. Yeah. And he pulls a string. Yeah. May the Schwartz be with you. That's my favorite. Yeah. Me too. And, so he, and he kisses the doll. He says, adorable. Yeah. It's just so good. <laughs> yeah. And then right after that is one of my favorite parts, too. And another visual, but uh, Lone Star's necklace. He asked Yogurt to take a look at it. Yeah. He's looking at the necklace and he's going, Mugh. and he goes you can read it i'm just clearing my throat (laughs) there's so many good parts in this you know and when you watch the extras in the 25th anniversary edition Mm -hmm. everybody's laughing all the time oh and they said they laughed more making the film than you laugh watching the film it was such a joy to make everybody from the cast and crew to the producers, everybody said it was an enormously satisfying experience to work on this film. And it it has a happy ending. It does. Too. Lone Star turns out to be a prince. That's what that necklace yeah. is. And yeah. he gets to marry the princess, which because is because she hilarious. was going to marry the last prince in the galaxy, who yeah. was Jim J. Bullock. Yeah. Prince who was Valium. Prince Valium. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who couldn't stay awake? No. So I love the priest too, or the oh, I whoever love the priest that is. too. Somebody's getting married today. I don't care who it is. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Be quiet. <laughs> so funny. A short, short version. Yeah. Do you? Do you? Yes. Do, Do you? you? Yes. yes. Good. You're married. <laughs> Kiss her. <laughs> so funny. So good. Yep. Love, love it. it. Okay. For my favorite movie this week, I'm going to do Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Goody. 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I love me some Sherlock Holmes, especially the RDJ and Benedict Cumberbatch versions, but we know that already. Right. And I need to spread the love around. So okay. I'm picking Sahara, the 2005 movie with Matthew McConaughey. Okay. All right. And there's a couple of movies that were named Sahara. There were, yeah. yeah. There was a Bogart movie years ago. Yes, yes. Yeah. But this that, is... That I saw. Oh, rats. <laughs> so you haven't seen this movie? I have not. Okay. I've not, but I've seen the trailer and I okay. saw some clips and that sort of thing. So I, I have a general idea of what it's okay. all about. And the trailer is awesome. It is. And it has Foo Fighters music to it. It does. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a Dirk Pitt adventure, which was based on Clive Cussler's books. Mm -hmm. It came out in 2005, like I said, with Matthew McConaughey in the lead role of Dirk Pitt. Right. And this is actually one of my favorite roles of his. He has. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. uh, you know, it's again, it's got the Indiana Jones type of, of course. feel. Yeah. yeah. It's the adventure movie. Mm -hmm. And Steve Zahn is in it. And I love Steve Zahn. I do, too. He's his plucky sidekick, uh -huh. Al Giardino, uh -huh. and they've known each other since kindergarten. They came up together. They went to college, Navy, and now they work for retired Admiral Jim Sandecker, who's played by William H. Macy in the National Underwater and Marine Agency, or NUMA, and they salvage treasure that's been lost at sea. So they wind up in Lagos, Africa, reclaiming King Batine from the depths of the ocean when Dirk saves WHO doctor Ava Rojas, who's played by Penelope Cruz, from some mercenaries while she's investigating what she believes to be a plague. Right. I like so, her. Yeah, I like her too. And I yeah. like her in this role because he saves her in the beginning, but she's mm -hmm. not a damsel. She's a doctor and she's on this mission. She thinks this plague is coming out of Mali and she's pressuring the WHO to send a team there, but they won't right. because Mali is in the middle of a civil war, mm -hmm. a corrupt general named Kazim. And he's like a dictator. He's terrible. Is at odds with the Tuareg, who are like the desert people, and they are a ground-based militant force that are fighting back against this dictatorship. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a sovereign nation, so they don't want to get involved in anything. Right. So while this is going on, Dirk finds proof of a treasure that he's been hunting for years, and mm -hmm. it's a Civil War era ironclad battleship named the Texas. Right. that he believes is shipwrecked in Africa and it's never been heard from again. And the proof is a Confederate gold dollar that he said Jefferson Davis had made five samples and one of them was supposed to be on this ship. So mm -hmm. he's been on the hunt for it for years. He's got a contact who found the gold coin and he says that it was found in Mali. So We've got some coincidence going on here. Sure. So Sandecker arranges for Dirk and Al and a scientist named Rudy, who's played by Rain Wilson. Mm -hmm. I liked him in that. Yeah, yeah. To take Dr. Rojas and her colleague up the river to Mali. Mm -hmm. And of course, this is where the adventure ensues. So they kind of part ways. He drops them, the doctors off, and then they kind of go up the river to Gao. And during this time, they encounter a shakedown. And the shakedown is from the Malian government who are looking for the doctors because they do not want the doctors investigating this plague because they know what it is. And they don't want anybody shedding light on what's going on here. They want it to continue, am I right? The source of the plague is actually toxins that are being leached into the underground river That's systems right. by a power plant. That's and right. that plant is owned by a Frenchman named Yves Massard, who's working with General Kazim, and he's making payments to General Kazim. And what they're doing is they're taking these toxins and they're superheating them with solar power. But the problem is, is they can't keep up with the demand. So they're storing these toxins underground and they're just leaching into the water. And the leak is so bad that in six months, it would be halfway to New York and it would be killing all plant and animal life in the ocean. And this would be irreversible by the time it hits the Atlantic. So they want to stop this before it gets any worse. But the State Department doesn't want to get involved in this at all because that's a big deal getting involved in a sovereign nation. Right. So 
of course, Sandecker asks Dirk and Al to kind of take care of it. And he, he tells them they're not going to get any support. And they're like, ah, crap. Okay. So <laughs> Dr. Rojas is kidnapped by Eve Massard and he sends Dirk and Al to their deaths. He sends them to the general to get killed, but they escape. And when they head back to the plant to get Ava back, they find it's abandoned. And they're like, where did everybody go? And Al goes, I don't know, corporate retreat. (laughs) (laughs) So they're looking all over the place. They can't find anything. And they're like, and Dirk says, what would you do if you were about to be exposed as the biggest polluter in modern history? And Al goes, I don't know, run for president. (laughs) (laughs) He he is definitely the plucky comic relief in this movie. He's got so many good lines. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many good parts. Like I said, I mean, now it's all coming back to me. I, I saw it the other day. And um, seeing just bits and pieces of different excellent scenes. I yeah. mean, every scene that I saw was excellent. Mm-hmm. You could just put it together and come up with the movie. Yeah. But yeah, I really liked his character. That's the kind of humor that I like. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I like it because it was serious enough and mm-hmm. interspersed enough. Right. A little sarcasm. Yeah, yeah the sarcasm. That. Like, yeah. it wasn't like, we're writing a jokes kind of jokes. It was yeah. just like, you know, here's something that you would say, like one-liners, a lot of one-liners and yeah. stuff, yeah. you know, I, um, like the one, uh, you know, that's my favorite hat, right? Exactly. Sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So just stuff like that. Like, um, you know, Rudy says, instead of going up the, the river to find the Texas, he's like, oh, I was hoping to meet a girl on the Australia trip. And Al's like, no, 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 African war zone, ship of death, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> So, um, you know, they stop the plant from being blown up and sealing the toxins underground. And they find an enormous amount of gold on mm-hmm. the on the Texas once right. they do find it. And right. The U.S. ambassador, who is like useless, completely useless, says to Sandecker, you know, I've heard a rumor that there's uh, some gold belonging to the U.S. on the Texas. And he yeah. goes, it would be nice if it were true, but no. I can assure you there is no gold there belonging to the U.S. Right. They gave it all to the Tuaregs who were exactly. ravaged. And I mean, it should go back to Africa anyway. It was from yeah. the Confederacy. So yeah. it was it was poetic justice, I think. And mm-hmm. this one, and yeah. if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, wasn't it that there was a whole body of water and then it kind of dissipated? And that's why they felt that that's where the ship ended up. Exactly. Sort of, yeah. 150 years ago, okay. it was a, on the surface, right. but then it kind of dried up a bit and the sands blew in and covered it. So right. the same river system still exists underground, but it just wasn't on the surface anymore. And that's how the toxins were going 300 miles and it was going to make its way to the Atlantic. It was okay. traveling under that, that same river system. Right. So um, there was a lot of controversy with this movie. There were some lawsuits, right? Um, yeah, there was there was some misappropriation of funds, things happening, and then they were in a, they were in a kind of a war with Clive Cussler, and ultimately these things hurt the success of this movie, which is a shame because it's a light, fun adventure movie. But Clive Cussler didn't want it to be light and fun; he wanted it to be more like the books, and there was it was more serious and it was heavier, and he wanted it to be R-rated, but the financers of the movie did not want it to be R-rated. So there were some problems and he had said some negative things about the movie even before it came out. So some theaters didn't even want to show it, stuff like that. And it's a real shame because it is a fun movie. It is um, a shame. It yeah. is a shame. Wasn't there supposed to be a series? It was, them there was supposed to be another one, but yeah. the, the kibosh really got put on it because uh, of some of the issues that they were having with it. It's a shame because there are quite a few Dirk Pitt adventure novels that they could have drawn from, but yeah, he wanted to be R-rated and so that's least accessible. So that didn't happen. From what I saw, I, th- I think it was well done. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I, I mean, I love Steve Zahn's character. I like mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey in it. I think they both did a really good job. William H. Macy's always good. Yeah. I liked Penelope Cruz too. She, she threw the dynamite. And she threw the dynamite, you know, and, <laughs> and Matthew McConaughey's character is like, don't throw like a girl, you know, yeah. and then yeah. later he's like, you do throw like a girl, you know. Um, it's just fun. It's a fun movie. I, yeah. I liked it. And I, I think it, got shortchanged a bit but Mm -hmm. if you if you ever get a chance to see it I think it's worth the time yeah oh and it's got a really good soundtrack 
I don't think the soundtrack has any Foo Fighters. On no, it. no. I but think it's, it's got, just the trailer has the. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the movie. I think it's itself, all my life. All my life is on that. Yeah, but the movie itself has a really good soundtrack too. We like that. Yeah. For our sense or nonsense portion, mm-hmm. the category is sheep. Like Baba, black sheep? Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kind of sheep. Okay. All righty. So sense or nonsense? Sheep have scent glands in their ears. Sense. <laughs> it's nonsense. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but. They do have excellent sense of smell. Mm-hmm. Their scent glands are in front of their eyes. Really? And on their feet and in between the digits of their feet. They also communicate with each other through scent. And by the way, they're very social. Hmm. Yeah. How about that? I have okay. a feeling I'm not going to do very well in this category. Okay. Well, hopefully next one will be okay. <laughs> All right. Sense or nonsense, several countries have more sheep than people. Oh, I think that's sense. It is. Yeah. It is. Scotland, Mongolia, Australia, New Zealand, Uruguay, Ireland, Wales, Iceland, et cetera, et cetera. For example, New Zealand has 5 million people. They have 38.4 million sheep. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> there are over a billion sheep in the world. China has the largest number of sheep. Wow followed by Australia and New Zealand. So I didn't know that China had so many sheep. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That doesn't make sense to me because they're pastoral and and I don't normally think of number one. Huh? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I questioned it too. And I kept on checking and checking and checking. It all came up with China. Yep. How? I know. Okay. Sense or nonsense? Sheep do not have top front teeth very specific nonsense i don't know how do you chew grass without teeth they have lower ones in the front but not on the top what they have is a hard bony upper palate of which the lower teeth press up against and that's how they break down their food huh they have incisors and they have molars in both upper and lower jaws but they don't have any anything in the front and plus their upper lip has a groove in between that separates it left to right. Weird. So yeah, so it's a good thing they only eat like leaves and plants yeah. and vegetables and grasses. Yeah, weird. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, I know. There's a couple of crazy things that I found out about them, but okay, all right. So um, I told you I wasn't gonna do good. Yeah, so I'm sorry. Like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you got one out of three. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, some factoids. There are approximately. 900 different species of sheep in the world. Hmm. A lamb's birth weight ranges from five to eight pounds. A female is called a ewe. So plural would be ewes. That's almost ewes? something that we, yeah, something like we say in New Jersey. Yeah. Ewes guys. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Males are rams. Uh-huh. Alrighty. So a mature ewe can weigh 90 to 300 pounds. A mature ram can weigh between 150 to 450 pounds. Jeez, that's a lot. Yeah. Their life expectancy is between six to 12 years. They have rectangular pupils that allow them to see wide vision, Hmm. which ranges between 270 to 320 degrees. Really? For an example, the human sees approximately 155 degrees. Wow. So they can see like, it's incredible. Panoramic. That, yes. Yeah. The only thing I can't see is right behind them. Huh? Yeah. So depending on the breed, they can produce between two and 30 pounds of wool a year. One pound of wool makes approximately 10 miles of yarn and they're only sheared once a year. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. Sheep's milk has higher levels of protein, calcium, vitamins, A, B, and E. It also has a higher level of fat, which makes it ideal for gourmet cheeses like feta, mm-hmm. Roquefort, Man- Manchego. Thank you. Manchego, uh-huh. Pecorino. Manche- do you? Yeah. Yeah. Pecorino Romano and Ricotta. During World War I, President Woodrow Wilson had a flock of sheep that were used to trim the lawns at the White House to save cost. 
And then their wool was auctioned off to raise money for the Red Cross. Nice. Yeah. It's just, we should do that to this day. Mm -hmm. If sheep somehow fall on their back, it's called cast sheep, C-A-S-T, cast mm -hmm. sheep. And because of their weight distribution and their wool, they can't get back up by themselves. Aww. So somebody has to actually roll them over or else it's not a good thing. Oh, yeah, babies. And the last thing I have is October 27 is hug a sheep day. Really? Yeah. So if you see a sheep, hug it. I would never have thought that that was the thing. The thing. They're, they're very sociable. Yeah, they are. They are. I love them. <laughs> okay, for my favorite S actor, I am going with Sandra Bullock. I like her too. Mm -hmm. Sandra Annette Bullock was born in Arlington, Virginia on July 26, 1964. Mm -hmm. According to the birthday book, July 26th is the day of the symbolic herald. Hmm. July 26th people are strongly dominant personalities. The authority they wield lies in understanding and personifying the truths of their times in their activities and actions. And she's played a lot of real life people, which we'll yeah. talk about later. So I feel like that's true for her. I like that book. Yeah. yeah. They usually limit themselves to one important field or endeavor and bring to bear everything they know about life to the specialized area. And she had tried directing, writing and directing. Mm -hmm. And she said, no, not for me. That's not where my talent lies. I'm going to act and produce. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I feel like this is true as well. And many born on this day come to hold extensive influence in their family, social circle or society at large. Others born on this day are Carl Jung, George Bernard Shaw, Stanley Kubrick, Blake Edwards, Dorothy Hamill, Gracie Allen, Hoyt Wilhelm, the first Hall of Fame relief pitcher known for his knuckleball. I mm -hmm. put that in for you. Yeah, thank you. And <laughs> Mick Jagger. Oh, how about that? Yeah. So I've touched on some of her films before in other episodes. We have. Last week, um, when I talked about Ryan mm -hmm. Reynolds, we talked about right. the proposal. And right. with Keanu, we talked about speed. And right. The first time I saw her was in Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone. Mm -hmm. She played a futuristic cop in 2032 and had some kind of weird virtual sex with Sly because of germs. And at the time, I thought that was really weird. But more and more, it's looking like that might not be a bad option. <laughs> Come to think of it, I think that's the first time I saw her, too. And then in 1996, she was in A Time to Kill with Matthew McConaughey. And I really like this movie. This was the first one where I started taking her a lot more seriously as an actor. But I really want to focus on the year 2000 <laughs> with Miss Congeniality. That's one of my favorites from her. It's so much fun. It she is. plays this grizzled FBI agent <laughs> that has to go undercover in the Miss United States beauty pageant. And Michael Caine's in it, Benjamin Bratt, yeah. Candace Burton, and William Shatner. Yes. And... I, she's she plays um, a person from New Jersey in this yep. movie. And when she's a kid, she beats up two boys on the playground when they're just being, you know, nincompoops. And you see her from this very early age formulate that first she's a protector. And second of all, she's not going to put up with any BS from any boy, you know, that's right. <laughs> so it's really good. It's a fun movie. too. It's fun. My yep. favorite part in this movie is when she is in this evening dress and she's rehearsing and she's so had it with everything that has to do with this. And she can't eat anything. Michael Caine's not letting her eat anything but carrots right. and celery and everything. Right. And she's got two donuts hidden in her, in a bust of her dress. <laughs> and he makes her pull them out. And then he's like, ah, ah, ah. and then she's got one in her garter. She pulls yeah, it out. She chucks right. it at him. That's true. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I would be doing the same thing. She's got to go through and the she whole thing. She looked pageant. great too. She looked great. I yep. mean, she really did. She's got to do the whole thing. She's got to go through the whole pageant business. And right. she's really not into it the whole time. But when they get she to does the, well. She does well. She starts <laughs> to take it more seriously. Yeah. And when yeah. they get to the Q&A part, Stan, played by William Shatner, is like, what's the one thing society needs right now? And all the girls that have come before her all say world peace, of right? Course, yes. Everybody, world peace, world peace, world peace, Stan, world peace. <laughs> and it comes to her and she goes, 
harsher punishment for parole violators, Stan. <laughs> and there's crickets. Everybody's like, what the hell did she just say? And she's like waiting to beat. And then she goes, and world peace. Oh, and everybody starts clapping. <laughs> I know. That's so, so good. That is good. The other part that I love is the end when she's trying to save the winner of the Miss United mm-hmm. States pageant from right. accepting this crown. It's a bomb. Right. And she's the runner up. Yes. So she's like, don't accept the crown. Don't accept the crown. And then she's trying to get her to not accept the crown. And everybody thinks that she's just like a disgruntled runner up. Exactly. And they're trying to haul her off the stage and security's got her and she's like flailing everywhere. Yeah. And then she gets away from him and the other contestants are trying to stop her and right. she punches Miss Texas in the nose and breaks <laughs> her nose. And she goes and she's trying to wrestle the crown from Miss USA and she's beating her with her roses and she's crying <laughs> and she's just like so distraught because this is supposed to be the best moment of her life. And right. she's trying to steal her crown already. I know, I know. And she just finally just rips the crown off her head and throws, throws it. it. Yep. And it explodes. And then Miss USA completely passes out from that because <laughs> it's ridiculous. But I just she love was her. Wimpy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're friends in real life. But she's just. Are they really? Yeah. And then it turns out that after the pageant, they vote her Miss Congeniality yes. and they yeah. give her the thing, even though she's not a contestant or anything. <laughs> and she's like, wow, I never thought that this could happen to someone like me. <laughs> It's a really cute movie. It's an ugly duckling story, but it's also mm-hmm. a uh, don't judge a book by its cover story. Right. So I, I really like that about mm-hmm. it. And yeah, it yeah. holds up. Yeah. In 2000, she also did uh, a movie called 28 Days where she had to go to rehab. I loved this film. I actually saw this before I saw Miss Congeniality. And it has Viggo Mortensen, Dominic West, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Perkins, Steve Buscemi. Alan Tudyk and the list goes on and on. Honestly, it's a great cast. And I, I love this it. film. Yeah, I really it, yeah. like this it film. It's a quieter film. It, you know, it deals with addiction and how yes. people have to deal with that. And, and then seeing Miss Congeniality after this film, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, she's got a lot of range to her. Yeah. I also love the rom-com with Hugh Grant, Two Weeks Notice. She plays an uptight do-gooder lawyer. And he plays a spoiled, rich womanizer who's the spokesperson for his family's development company. The girl from the the winner of the Miss USA pageant was also in this movie, Two Weeks Notice. Oh, how about that? In 2006, she did Lake House with Keanu, which I really liked. And then in 2009, she did The Blind Side. Yeah. And she won an I love Oscar that movie. for that role. Mm-hmm. Really good It was role. excellent. Mm-hmm. Really good movie. Yep. The same year she good did the story pro- and everything. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, yeah. well-deserved. Yeah, yep. good story uh, based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Then she did Gravity in 2003. Did you see Gravity? Uh, let me think about this. Um, when la, she was la, in la. space? Yes, yes. Did you see it? Yeah, I, didn't I just see didn't remember it. the name of the movie. Yeah, with George Clooney. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I didn't see it. it. Yeah. Oh, you didn't? No, I didn't see it yet. No, it was good. She was nominated for Academy Award for that movie. She was excellent in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you what happens. Okay. Don't tell me what happens. (laughs) In 2015, she did Our Brand is Crisis. And she's in this movie with Billy Bob Thornton. It's based on a true story as well. And I I just seen this movie, actually. It's it's about political elections. And um, she was a political strategist. And it's kind of messed up and eye-opening. I am going to actually write this down because I think I want to watch this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very interesting what they do to get their candidates elected. It's based on a a presidential election in Bolivia and uh, very eye opening. So, yeah. yeah. And then in 2018, she did Oceans 8. You really like that movie. I really like that movie. I really do. I know you weren't. I'm on the fence about it. I'm Uh so, so. Yeah. No, no, I liked it. And then in 2021, she did The Unforgivable, which has her being a parolee that gets released on good behavior after serving 20 years for murder and how society treats her once she's released because she's a cop killer. That's another one that's pretty eye-opening. You know, the story is, is, is pretty heavy and it's pretty deep. And 
I won't tell anybody the outcome of that because it's a fairly new movie. So if you want to see right. it, right. you know, I, it's good. It's really mm-hmm. good. It's heavy, but it's good. And then I just saw The Lost City with Channing Tatum and Daniel Radcliffe that she just did. Right. What'd you think? No, I didn't like it. I, I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to make like an updated romancing the stone type movie, mm-hmm. but I think it was a little too camp. I think if they took the movie a little bit more seriously, right. they would have had a better outcome. Brad Pitt is actually in this movie. He has a small yes. cameo. Mm-hmm. It's only like five ish minutes or so. He's the absolute best part of this movie. I would watch a movie just with him doing that role, if they wanted to make a like a prequel or something with him, really? he yeah. was he was phenomenal. He was outstanding. He stole the show. I, I know he was doing that as a favor, mm-hmm. but um, he he should have been the male lead. That should have been it. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. It, Channing Tatum. Now, he's actually the actor that I like the least in this movie. And I mm-hmm. think he did the best job out of the leads he committed fully and he did the most with what he had, but I feel like his character was superfluous and silly. It could have really been a great story. They could have done a really great job with it. And, right. and I, I found it's disappointing that they missed so badly on this one. I saw her on Colbert and I was a little taken aback mm-hmm. by his bluntness when he said to her, to her face that this movie was stupid. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, what did I he know. just say? Yeah. He told her it was stupid and, and she kind of paused and uh-huh. she's like, then kind of, what am I doing here? Yeah. But then she took it in stride and continued on with the, it, it was a little awkward. I'll be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, she was very professional. She continued on with the interview. The interview went very well. Yeah. It was wild. I give her tremendous kudos for Absolutely. that. But I also I kind of give tremendous- him kudos too, I do because, too he was, because he was honest. He was, he was honest. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but you've got to know. And she knows and everybody knows not everything is a hit. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you have a miss. Yeah. And, and this one was a miss. The chemistry wasn't there. The script wasn't yeah. there. It just wasn't what it needed to be. It didn't translate. I'm watching this movie and I'm going, no, oh mm. no, this one was a miss. And it's a shame because this, I mean, I love this genre. You know, I'm disappointed that it wasn't better because yeah. this is what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe next time uh, I haven't seen the bullet train yet. Cause that's coming out on August 5th, but it's a, um, about a bunch of assassins on a bullet train, finding out that their missions intersect. So that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. She's got a starring role in that. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Okay. I'm hoping that that's a good one. She's definitely, you know, she knows she's had she's a ton doing. of nominations and a yeah. ton of different awards. Yeah. She is the only person to have won an Oscar and worst actress in the Golden Raspberry Awards in the same year, actually two (laughs) days apart. Yeah. One movie was all about Steve and the other was The Blind Side, obviously, which she won an Oscar for. Yeah, she won a bunch of things for Blind Side. She showed up to get the Razzie. Did she really? Yeah. She's one of the only people to do that. I mean, I find that to be so hilarious. She's such a good sport, you know? She's known for generous donations. She's always donating to charities. She's always supporting charities. She's got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yes. And she's got two adopted children, which I think is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, sweet. Very mm-hmm. sweet. She's, she's a good lady. And she's I like person. her acting. Yep. Me too. And she's good. She is. And I've always felt like a little bit of a kinship with her. Like I feel like she handles stuff the way kind of we handle stuff. Mm-hmm. We're on the same planet. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I was just watching Bill Moore. Okay. And I didn't watch the whole thing because sometimes I just can't. But (laughs) anyway, I always catch his end because usually new rules is pretty funny. Okay. And entertaining and informative too. He touched on the subject that I just want to talk about real quick. It has to do with schools. Okay. He made a mention about some guy on TikTok. He goes around and he asks college kids these questions. I'm going to give you the answers to these. Who was the first person to land on the sun? Are you serious? And these kids are going, oh, oh, I, I think I know this one. Um, what? Uh, L- L- Lance Armstrong? <gasps> yeah. Next question. What is the biggest city in the world? 
um, Asia. No, no, it's not Asia. It's Europe. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. This gets better. If you were born in 2021, how old would you be right now? And the girl answered, 21. What? What is the country Venice, Italy is located in? The girl said, oh, I'm studying to be a teacher. I should know this one. She says, "Uh, Paris. Oh, my God. The piece de resistance. Where is Queen Elizabeth from? One person said Egypt. And the other person said, no, I think it's Brazil. Friggin kidding me. Nope. So instead of this country worrying about, you know, what books to ban and all that stuff, why don't we, why don't we think more about the standards of what our schools are teaching kids? Hey, you're preaching the choir on this one. I know that. I know. You know, the troubles that I've had with the school system. Yeah. But I thought those questions were very interesting. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, little guy has been in school for a long time. Now he's getting ready to go in sixth grade and everything that he knows I taught him. So it's not good at all, you know, and state stranglehold funds for schools. And and I, I just don't understand why legislature has such a hard time funding school. No should be a priority. I don't get that. Yeah, you know, either. whether you have a kid in school or not, the kids are going to grow up. And then what are we going to do when people who don't know this is our where future. Venice, Italy, <laughs> yeah, exactly. what country Venice, Italy is, is in has and- to be your doctor, <laughs> has to fix your car, yeah. has to put a filling in your mouth, has to file your taxes. Come on, people. These children are the ones who are running the world soon. How is school preparing them if if kids in college can't answer these questions? Who who thinks somebody has landed on the sun? Seriously. Give me your diploma back. (laughs) I know. You know, that like he said, this country has no educational standards anymore. No. No, you know, we're too worried about posting videos on TikTok. Yeah, there you go. There I you mean, go. honestly, we're too yeah. worried and about that. Social media. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's just indicative. Of which of we can talk thing. about that for another couple hours. Yeah, because that's an S too, you know, yeah. and that's a nightmare as well. Yeah, I'm sure social media started with the best of intentions. Well, yeah, remember when, I mean, MySpace came out, it was a way originally to connect it was like holy crap this is amazing yeah exactly you know? and but somebody it, who haven't seen in yeah, 10 years yeah. in 20 years all you can sudden, get a hold of people of that you went to yeah. school with yeah and that's yeah that's what it was supposed to be yeah and it quickly devolved it quickly into devolved. something very ugly yeah 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 and so. it's just gotten worse and worse and worse i know <sighs> yay i feel like a crotchety old man right now <laughs> with a walker Get off of my lawn. (laughs) So for the S band this week, I've picked a stone temple pilots. STP. STP. And I feel like the more I love a thing, the harder it is to talk about oddly. Okay. Because there's so much stuff that I don't want to nerd out on it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I love it. <laughs> okay. um, Scott Weiland was the lead vocalist of this band and I mm-hmm. loved him. I mm-hmm. loved him very much. He was excellent. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I stopped listening to the band once he wasn't in it any longer and they right. carried on. They had two other singers, but the brothers, Dean DeLeo and Robert DeLeo were guitar and bass and backing vocals. Mm-hmm. And then Eric Kretz was on the drums. And they were together from 1989 until 2013, though they had a break in the middle there as well. And a lot of it was due to Scott Weiland's drug addiction. I mean, there's no bones about that. As fans, we knew it was a thing in and out of rehab. And this one worried me because I thought it was going to end badly and it did. But um, I loved him very, very much. And the band's first album was core and mm-hmm. that was released in 1992 excellent and that was a major commercial yeah. success and stp went on to become one of the most successful bands of the 90s because of mm-hmm. it right. and they sold more than 18 million albums in the united states and 40 million worldwide 
and they released four more studio albums but core i think really it's got to be one of my favorite albums of all time and Mm -hmm. it's definitely my favorite album from them can i interject absolutely mine is purple Purple is a close second. Purple's yeah. got a lot of good stuff going on in it. Interstate Love Song. And, Which is uh, my favorite song from them. It's one and two. Core and Purple are one and two. You know, two yeah. and one, one and two. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're very close for me as mm-hmm. well. And I'll also throw in number four in there. Okay. Because number four for me is like a mashup of the styles of Core mm. and Purple. I get and, it. Yeah. And so like number four feels like a return um, to, to where they were kind of in the beginning, tiny music songs from the Vatican gift shop is kind of a departure. And Shangri-La da was, didn't even really rate for me. It just okay. felt like, um, it was a last ditch effort, kind of the band mm-hmm. was kind of falling apart by then. And so I think number four is really the last vestiges of STP for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I love these albums very much. I listened to number four once, like four times in a row. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those albums that each song is like a different genre, but they all come together to form a story. Mm-hmm. And it finishes up with Atlanta, which is actually one of my favorite songs from the band. I loved Scott Weiland. I loved his voice. I think yeah. he might be number two for me behind Freddie, actually. That's really? how much I loved his voice. Yeah. I, there's just something about it that I found to be so rich and complex and I just really loved it. And it, it was interesting because they got a lot of flack, uh, critically throughout their whole careers and from other people and stuff too. And after Scott died, Smashing Pumpkin singer Billy Corgan paid an official tribute to the band and him, calling him one of the greatest voices of his generation. Nice. And one of the things he said was, I had confessed to Scott as well as the band many times of how wrong I had been initially in assessing their native brilliance. And like Bowie Cannon does, it was Scott's phrasing that pushed his music into a unique and hard to pin down aesthetic sonic sphere. Lastly, I'd like to share a thought, which though clumsy, I hope would please Scott in hominem. And that is, if you ask me who I truly believed were the great voices of our generation, I'd say it were he, Lane, and Kurt. And of course, Lane Staley of Alice in Chains and Kurt Cobain of Nirvana. And all three of them were born in 1967. Mm-hmm. How yeah. ironic is all this? And all kind of belong to a certain movement you know the band sound is considered a blending of the alternative rock of the 1980s and 90s and the hard rock of the 70s but also they had that all had that grunge element exactly exactly Mm -hmm. and then chris cornell was a little older but still yeah still that generation yeah just and eddie vetter eddie vetter as well yeah you know um yeah, they, yeah, but Chris Cornell passed is yeah, the reason yeah. I brought him up. But. Yeah, but yeah, it was a very special little time for voices, I guess. He's another one who I still mourn to this day, but I'm so glad that he did what he did while he was alive. I have some of his other work too that he did solo yeah. and stuff. And it's just his voice. I just love his voice. There's Great something voice. about it. Yeah, grungy, but smooth. Very yeah. smooth voice. Yeah. yeah. You know, he did bar blues and stuff. That was that was an album of his that he did solo and you can really hear it. There, there's there's so yeah. much texture. He did some funky stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt. You know, he yeah, it's like, who is this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I know. But with STP, I think he was the most brilliant. I mean, he he was also in Velvet Revolver with Slash yes. and Duff McKagan. Right. I can listen to these albums over and over and over again. And I can't say that about a ton of albums, you know? Yeah, I get it. So, yeah. Another song I really like a lot is Vaseline. Vaseline is a great one. Love You know, there are so many Sour Girl, Dead and Bloated, Creep. Creep. um, Plush. Plush was a huge one as well. I think that was their most commercially successful song was Plush. Mm -hmm. So... They, were they still Howard's- hold up. The they songs do. still hold up. Yeah, absolutely. They were on Howard Stern a bunch, David Letterman. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think one of my favorite performances from them was on David Letterman. So how about that? You know, cool. I, it's still good. I mean, I still 
they still feel contemporary to me, even though it's been a long time, Mm -hmm. you know, so always in my heart, STP. There you go. Mm -hmm. So I saw a trailer for a new animated movie called Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. (laughs) It's a kid's movie, you know, Uh coming out July 15th. It's about Hank, who is a lovable dog, and he wants to be a samurai, right? Oh, I know, I know. So I'm I'm listening to this, and I'm like, that's Samuel Jackson's voice. Oh, okay, no kidding. (gasps) That's Ricky Gervais. Wow, a lot of people. Oh, Michelle Yeoh. Okay, okay, and Mel Brooks. No. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. So cool. I thought that was like weird timing, you know, because I just saw the uh, the trailer. I'll, I'll for check it. it out. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Very cool. It's coming out on the fifteenth of July. So nice. I wanted to let you know. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for us. What do you say? Yeah. Okay. We appreciate you listening. With that, we're out of here. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. <laughs>